Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we are back. And uh, we're going to go right to the phones. But you know what? Before I, um, before I go to our next exalted guest, Let's give away one more pair of ISE tickets. And the first person that texts to 303-713-1043 and tells me the model of the shelter we were talking, there was an overall model of the the fish trap shelters. Um, If you just tell me the overall models that Matt talked about, um, you'll get two tickets to the uh, International Sportsman's Exposition. Mr. Zelinsky, are you there? I'm here. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I couldn't cut Matt off in time. He started saying all kinds of great things about you. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, we're going to end the season good. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, you only, we only got one more. Sh- well, we got two. We got Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, but you're on a roll. It's been a good year for you. <laughs> it has been a good year for me, Terry. Very, very lucky in all aspects of life. <laughs> Uh, it has, and you're a great contributor, and you know that. Hey, um, before we get in, I know we're going to talk about ice, and we're going to talk about updates and all those kind of things. We did have a specific uh, texter ask us about Chatfield. Yep. We have questions about ice on Chatfield or just Chatfield in general? Ice. Perfect. You know, so we, uh, we keep going back and forth on capping, not capping. So through the course of the last call it four days we have froze and thawed every night so we cap at night uh and then the wind breaks up during the day then we cap at night then it breaks up last night uh, i shouldn't say that um thursday night we held some pretty good ice on the south end i have not been able to go down there this morning to see what happened last night uh but our temperatures are cold thursday's forecast in particular next week is good so honestly terry i would say that we will be fishing um, for sure. I, we always call it fishing on Christmas, but I would say we're right in line with that. I would say that Southwest Arm will be fishable on that Christmas time. Obviously, the Boat Dog Bay will be fishable. Um, honestly, it'll be fishable in the next couple of days. So we, uh, we are good. I, we're not saying that we're getting out there yet, um, but in the coming couple of days, we just, we've had a couple of little kind of gusty mornings the last couple of days, and that's really what has prevented the main body um, from holding ice throughout the course of the day. Uh, but again, I would say within the next couple of days, we're going to hold that nightly cap, um, and then from there, it's going to go quick with the temperatures that we have in the forecast. Well, we're supposed to see reduced winds today and tomorrow. No, a little warmer yep. during the day, but that warm temperature comes for about an hour. It was uh, 7 degrees at my house this morning. It was below zero in Denver last night. So if this wind stays down, the one thing I think both of us want to caution people is that as this ice forms and it's going, and because it comes and goes and there's some flowing and filling of waters on different bodies of water, I know it's going to be great fishing and you want to get out there, but this is the time to really dial up your caution level and make sure you check the ice as you go. Don't assume anything right now, but there should be some good fishing coming up, my friend. And I agree, you know, especially on the front range. I mean, obviously we always preach ice safety. We talk about it every show. Um, 
But more so, I mean, the mountain lakes, you have wind that can kind of disturb the ice and change things up. But you're like your Chatfields, for example, you have current coming in from Plum Creek. You have current coming in from the South Platte. You have current that actually does a reverse flow as they open the spillway to let water out. Um, so you have a lot of current bases at Chatfield. So even in January, February, we see a lot of variations in ice thickness uh, and ice quality. So I would say of all the fisheries in the entire state of Colorado, Chatfield is probably the one I use the most caution on, uh, simply for the fact that the currents cause so much variations in ice thickness. And to the surface, they look the same. You know, when you get deterioration on the top of the ice, it's noticeable. When you get springs, it's noticeable on the ice surface uh when you get the deterioration of current from the bottom um that's one of the things where the surface looks all the same and you could go from six inches ice to three inches ice in a matter of a foot uh with that current underneath so always use caution and honestly you'll have times where they won't be letting water out the spillway you'll build ice up and then one day they they open up the gates a little bit let some water out um, and you'll immediately start getting a current flow, and they can change that condition. So, uh, as always, use conditions. Um, and I told everybody uh, I had a lot of questions as well about that. So we'll probably do a conditions report on our Facebook page, the Tightland Doors Facebook page. We can share it to your page, Terry, uh, probably on Monday after we see what uh, what happened last night. Once I can get down there today, uh, and then we'll see what happens tonight. But, uh, again, I, I think we're going to have good ice here really quick. Why don't you take us through what is going on and what you see coming up in the next few days? Yeah, Terry, we're excited about it. So we're starting to see ice on a lot of the bigger bodies of water. Same type thing. So, uh, you know, uh, the ones that weren't frozen, in particular, my favorite fishery is Williams Fork. Uh, Williams Fork did not have ice, and then I believe on Tuesday night it capped. Uh, I was talking to, to Rhett Feltman, great, you know, kind of guy up there in Source Forest. Uh, so he saw that ice form. Uh, I know the wind broke up some of it that night, but it did cap over, uh, and then it started building up really good starting Thursday night. So we're starting to see ice in a lot of those bigger bodies of water, the Green Mountain Reservoirs, the Wolfords, all of those in the last couple days capped uh, and are building ice very quickly. So we're excited to see those big bodies of water lock up and become fishable. Uh, again, I'd give it a couple more days, and then you're going to have really good ice at those fisheries. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time in the South Park fisheries, um, 11 miles, same type of thing, Lots of variations of ice thickness just because it froze at such different levels. Uh, I mean, you have areas on 11 mile right now that have almost 11 inches of ice. You have other areas that just recently froze in the last couple of days. So lots of ice variations. But as far as the fishing goes, um, we have not seen really where we've been able to get out and really hone in on the kokanee yet at 11 miles, seeing a few fish uh, here and there. But I would say within the next week or so, uh, we're probably going to start seeing the, the a kokanee bite go at 11 miles. So we're excited about that. I think everybody heard last year, it was probably the, the most banner year of, of kokanee fishing I've had since the 90s when I was a kid up there fishing 11 miles. So I'm really anticipating a strong kokanee year at 11 mile. Uh, but right now, the, the trout and the pike are both going phenomenal. Um, we're seeing a lot of pike kind of in that early ice phase. They haven't kind of slowed down their system yet. They haven't really dropped into that deeper water. Um, so the pike are kind of sitting on weed lines, sitting on contour edges uh, and seeing good success. You know, freshly frozen, freshly dead suckers are doing really well. Uh, water dogs are doing really well on the Pike. So we're excited to see that. But again, I think the key thing there is targeting them on structure. So a weed edge dropping off, a point dropping off, a contour dropping off. They really seem to be hugging those contour changes for kind of the most activity. We're seeing some of the pike up on flats. 
but I would say the bulk of the fish are cruising contour edges. So find those contour edges, um, and that's kind of the sure bet to catch some big pike. And then on the trout side, we're seeing them all across the board. Um, Levin Mile and Intero both have had a lot of pressure. So I would say that the number one goal uh, is just to avoid people. So when you get to Eleven Mile, go a, a little further. Go to the areas that are not getting hit as hard. Um, obviously, at say at Intero and Eleven Mile, weed growth is everything. If you have weeds, that you're going to have scuds. If you have scuds, you're going to have lots of rainbows and some bigger rainbows. So when targeting either one of those fisheries, instead of being out in the middle of nowhere, being on some rock or sand. I'd put a major focus on being in or around weed growth. Um, and honestly, we're seeing fish all across the board. Uh, I am still fishing very shallow at Antero, so that Antero bite for me is all, you know, five foot of water or less. Um, at 11 mile, we're seeing fish across the board. I have some spots in that super shallow three, four foot of water that's doing very well. We're also seeing fish out as deep as 12, 14 feet um, at 11 mile. So kind of a wider range at 11 mile. The tip that I would say at 11 mile that's doing us the best, and this is kind of across the board, uh, and I would do this at your middle park fisheries, your Lake Johns, your Delaney's, but we're using small jigs with minimal movement low in the water column, and we're using big rattle baits, really reactionary baits high in the water column. Um, so if you're going to fish that deeper water, 8, 10, 12, 14 feet of water, you know, we're using small tungsten jigs, um, you know, real small body jigs with like a fresh waxworm, changing out that waxworm every 15, 20 minutes. And we're putting that jig, you know, six inches to a foot off bottom. Um, I'm fishing them on a bobber, but I am moving them subtly. So move it a little bit, let it sit. Move it a little bit, let it sit. But all movement is very minimal, very soft, very, you know, again, kind of on that calmer stage. And then I'm fishing those bigger rattle baits, you know, lipless crankbaits and those type baits. I'm fishing those two to three feet below the ice very aggressively. Even if I'm in 12, 14 feet of water, I'm fishing those baits just below the ice. Um, and the fish that we're catching up there are aggressive and flat out big um so that's kind of my approach right now i'm doing a two rod combination i'm doing a, a subtle bait very low in the water column and a reaction very aggressive bait way high in the water column uh and it's really been successful catching a lot of fish and some big fish terry let's circle back to the pike are you using tip-ups or jigging techniques for the pike all my pike come on tip-ups here you know and, and it's one of those things that i love tip-ups so i don't have an issue with it i talk to a lot of anglers that don't like the concept of tip-ups um and there's various you know concepts for using a rod and reel in a skill presentation but what it comes down to to achieving the best success especially on the biggest pike in the system um is the fact that these pike want to come in slow and they're they're meat hungry they want to look at meat so it's a, a big dead sucker. It's a live water dog. But it's not uncommon, Terry, for a pike to look at a bait 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, and the average angler moves their bait too much or makes too much noise or wears ice cleats and they walk on the ice. The average angler is the one that causes the rod and reel type approach to not work um, because you're talking, you're moving around, you're moving the bait too much. All of those variations, when the pike really wants, they want to come in slow, they want to look at it, they want to circle it, they want to go 10, 15 feet away, they want to come back. And when you're using a tip-up that's sitting you know, 15, 20, 50 feet from you type thing, um, that bait is still, it's blocking the light from coming down the hole. There's no noise, there's no shadows. Um, that pike can come and look at that bait for an hour if he wants to. Uh, and finally, when it's time for that pike to take the bait, they have the uh, availability and freedom to do so. So the tip-up is more efficient 
simply for the fact that we don't get in the way of that technique. Uh, it allows the pike to come in at their own timing, their own presence, and, and make that approach. Um, and that's what makes the tip-up so successful. And, you know, regardless if you like it or not, the two things about a tip-up, number one, when you look up and there's a flag up or you watch a flag fly, I don't think there's anything more exciting. So that's a, a perk of tip-up fishing. And number two, um, I think so many times we don't understand how powerful a fish is because our rod absorbs a lot of that energy. When you are holding a line, a non-stetched Dacron line in your hand, uh, it will blow angler's mind at how strong a big pike is uh, when you eliminate the rod aspect. So uh, I encourage everybody, try tip-up fishing. Uh, It's very efficient for these big fish, and you just kind of take it for for a cool technique of what it is. Uh, And I think a lot of people really end up enjoying it once they, they start doing that, for sure. Need to keep your answer short, but there, you're allowed two rods in Colorado. You put both two tip-ups out, or you maybe go with a couple guys and each put a tip-out out and fish away from them with a rod. How do you approach that? You know, Terry, it's just kind of my dedication. So if I'm pike fishing, I am tip-ups for all. I'd be fishing tip-ups. My, my guests will be fishing tip-ups. If it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we would like to catch some trout and some pike, then we do, you know, the, the rod for our trout inside of a shelter, um, and then we'll have a tip-ups outside of that. So if I'm dedicated to pike, I'm all tip-ups. Uh, but some days I'll do kind of a trout-pike combo uh, and do one of each. My, Nate, we got to go. If people want information on ice addiction on your trips, how do they find you? You know, go to the tightlineoutdoors.com, check our Facebook page, Blue Mesa Capped. We have Ice at Blue Mesa, our first event there is January 14th. Tickets are on sale. You're going to see a ton of stuff from us next week, but tightlineoutdoors.com or Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. All right, my friend, we will talk to you next week. Have a Bye good soon. week. Thank you. All right, Nate Zielinski, great, great guy. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to the guys at uh, Guys and Gals at Jack's Outdoor Gear about some Christmas gift ideas and about their jumping jack trailers for easy camping. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the All right, that's a great so segue to and into this segment. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go to the phones. And joining us from the Broomfield store of Jack's is Tammy Osborne. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing fantastic. It's a sunny day. It's cold. We're making ice, getting in the holiday spirit. A couple things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk about your jumping jack trailers and where people can see them and a little bit about why they would want to. But before we do that, let's real quick, you know, we've got people that are down to the, to the wire buying Christmas gifts, right? Absolutely. And, and Jack's Outdoor Gear has lots of, for the outdoor enthusiasts, but you're in a combination store. You're in a farm and ranch and an outdoor gear store. So you can really, people could stop by and you have something for everybody, don't you? Absolutely, Terry. Uh, I'm at the Broomfield store. We are a combo store. Um, we've got everything that you could possibly need. Uh, right now, we've got some great sales going on, 30% off all holiday de- decor, Polish pot- pottery, life is good, um, mountain hardware, the North Face, uh, 20% off of smart wool, buff gaiters, net gaiters, buy one, get one free, just a lot of stuff all the way throughout the store. 
Well, you mentioned that smart wool socks. My wife loves those. She wears those all the time. But really, you can come to your place. You can get ice fishing gear. There's sales in every department. You told me you have the Hey Dude shoes, but you can even get a snowblower, a bike, or backpacks at your store. And speaking of bikes, all of our kids' bikes, for those that are at the last minute, uh, are 20% off right now. Yeah, so, I mean, people haven't been to a jack store, whether it's the separate farm and ranch and outdoor gear or the combined stores. Well, I tell you what, if you're looking to Christmas shop and want to get quality merchandise and get good expertise in helping you, there's no better than a jack store. But we want to talk while we have a few minutes. You carry a line of products in some of the stores called Jumping Jack Campers. Tell me about those. Yeah, Jumping Jack Trailers are... uh... A family-owned business of about 20 years made out of Salt Lake City, and they are a pop-up tent trailer that you can use to haul your ATVs, side-by-sides, razors, electric bikes, whatever you need on top. Uh, So it's a utility trailer, tent trailer, boat trailer, and uh, uh, UTV, ATV hauler uh, all in one. Um, We have demos uh, in-store in Broomfield, Um, And we're actually going to be going to a show here in about two and a half weeks. Now, tell me, what are some of the things that really set Jumping Jack apart? Uh, For one, all uh, made here in the U.S., uh, family-owned and operated. It takes literally about seven seconds to pop the tent up. Um, I, myself, alone can have the entire trailer unhooked from the vehicle and set up in about three minutes. Um, very, very, very low maintenance, um, waterproof canvassing, and tons of accessories. Now, are they hard to tow? Absolutely not. I tell people all the time you can tow them with a bicycle. Tongue weight on some of the biggest ones uh, is right around 145 pounds. Yeah, and they're just, and they're really well made. I've seen them both at shows and I've seen them in your stores. And what kind of size range do they come in? They start at a 4x6, and they go all the way up to a 6x17, and that has a 12-foot tent in it. Um, most standard is a 6x12 trailer with an 8-foot tent. has a little patio out front. Um, you've got a standard model and a blackout model, which is a, a really nice wheel package. And what kind of price range do they start in? They start at 6500 and they go up to 14500 Right, so you almost get to the point where you can compete with just a normal tent by the time people buy all their gear and everything. So, I mean, tent campers, and then you need a way to haul things. And I think with today's cars, you can put hitches. I'm sure you can pull these with just even a small SUV or something. If you if you could pull it with a bike, you can pull it with a small SUV, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you said um, you're going to be at a show, a show coming up. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, we are not going to Sportsman's Expo this year. Instead, we're going to go to the Ultimate RV and Travel Show, which is at the Convention Center in downtown Denver, uh, and it runs January 5th through the 7th. Free admission, so might as well come on down and see what's out there. All right, and uh, any last-minute Christmas shopping tips? We're going to let you go here in about a minute, 30 seconds, so... No, Terry, I just say uh, if you've been to Jack's, you know what it's all about. Come on back and see what we've got to offer you for uh, your holiday shopping. And if you haven't, give yourself time because when you get there, you're going to want to walk around and see everything. And we get jaw-dropping customers, new customers in every day. 
All right. Thank you, Tammy, and we'll, I'm sure we'll see you again very soon. And thank you, Terry. You have a great holiday season. Same to you, Tammy. That's Tammy Osborne from the Jackson Broomfield. Uh, it's easy to sh- Christmas shop at Jack's. You can, whether you're shopping for an outdoor enthusiast or not, they have something. And are they busy this time of the year? Sure, but they're not as busy as like going to a mall and buying any parking. Uh, they're just easy to maneuver, and you get quality merchandise at good prices, and you get the help you need picking things out. Last year, I bought some Christmas gifts for Karen, my wife there, and the way the people in the store were able to help me out with the different brands was just, just phenomenal, so check it out. All right, we gave away a couple pairs of ISE tickets this uh, this show, although I, I think Karen struggled getting some people to come back and give their names so we could put the tickets in will call for them. But we're going to give away ISE tickets through, well, right through the Saturday of the show, which I think is around the 15th of January, give or take a couple days right in there. So we'll be giving away tickets every week. Really looking forward to having you folks join us there. And we love when we get to connect with our outdoor public and have people say, hey, we listen to the show, we like what you talk about, or can you give us a tip on this? We also don't mind when you say, hey, could you cover more of this? Or I, I, I think you get too much of this. Talk more about this kind of thing. Good constructive criticism. What we like most is we consider you folks our friends that listen to us. Um, so go ahead and uh, make your plans to get to the ISE show in January. We'd love to see you, talk to you on Sunday. We're going to have kids giveaways. We're going to have over 50 fishing rods to give away to kids. We're going to have some tackle we're going to have just so much going on there. So make sure you stop by and see us. On our music front, Wickstrom and Doberth have released their new single. You know, we had a four-song EP that came out about this time last year, and our new single is out now. So if you haven't ever listened to our music, it may not be your type of music. But if you haven't listened, go to just search Wickstrom and Doberth on both social media or your favorite streaming and give us a listen. Follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We give a lot of up-to-date reports, field reports, what's coming up on the show, and we we post things that uh, we've had on the show. We post the the podcast there. Thanks to Ty today for filling in in the studio for us. Thanks to Karen for keeping us online in this show. You know, folks, if I had to do this by myself, this wouldn't be a very good show. Those folks are the ones that really, really make it happen. And we and uh, we wouldn't be able to do it without any of them. So thanks to all you guys. We'll let the Eagles take us to NFL football on 104.3 The Fan.